Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. I always appreciate it when people are here listening to the podcast. Of course, I never know when that happens, uh, but I assume it does because a couple thousand people download this episode, uh, this show, every time we have a new episode. And we are now up to episode number 400. And four. So we are into our fifth year, and uh, almost every two days, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have a new episode coming at you. And today's episode is brought to you by Amplifier. Now, many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers. And dealing with physical stuff, that can be a total pain, and it steals your precious time. But my friends at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. And let me tell you the great part about it, I'm actually working with them because some of you have seen my Try New Things t-shirts, and Amplifier is who I am working with to get those printed. They can integrate all of this with your e-commerce shop and help you drive any giveaway campaigns that you do. They're great for big internet powerhouse companies, as well as entrepreneurs who are just starting out. Hey, on-demand means no inventory risk. That's what I love. But as you grow, you can stock up on, uh, on inventory, and Amplifier will handle all that for you. So go to amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. So speaking of today, we have a great episode planned. I am going to be talking with somebody who is a sort of a business performance coach. She helps people uh, who, you know, work for themselves actually get more out of their idea and get their business kind of rocking. Her name is Roberta Ross, and I met her at a program called the New Media Summit, and I just liked her outlook on business. I thought, you know what, you got to come on the show, and then we found out we had something in common. As many of you know, in six years, I'm going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail, and so we might talk a little bit about that because I think she's done that or she... I was a big fan of that. So, Roberta, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you, Tom. It's a, such a pleasure to be here. So, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do and, and sort of how you got there? I know that, that you have a, a master's and a PhD. You went to school for a long, long time. You were going to be a college professor. And then you said, I'm not going to be a college professor. I'm going to coach people on how to do business. So, how did you get there? Well, I actually don't have the PhD because while I was working on a dissertation, I have a, what's called a PhD ABD. I was going to be a college professor. My husband was a civil engineer and we discovered business and never look back. So we started investing in, in real estate and we ended up uh, investing in now over 300 uh, single family homes. Wow. So yeah, real busy. <laughs> but um, it was so exciting and so much fun. And I never really saw myself as a business person because I didn't really have a lot of background. But um, it just, you know, it, it became so clear and so obvious that that was what we were much more passionate about than the path we were on. Nice. So, so tell us about Beyond Real Estate. Tell us what you do as a coach. What's your business, your day-to-day business all about? 
So I'm a speaker and an author and coach, and I've done a, a lot of speaking. I've given over a thousand speeches all around the country. But uh, my what I really love to I love speaking, but I also am a business coach. I coach agents, real estate agents, and entrepreneurs on how to make more money, experience more joy, and succeed with ease. And that's really been an evolution. But I'm really happy to say that's where I am now. So what led you to leave your pursuit of an academic career and, and do this? You say you discovered business, but but what really led you to being an entrepreneur? Well, you know, I think it's about listening to your inner voice and your where your excitement goes. You know, if something makes you feel alive, it's an indication that, you know, to follow that path. And if it makes you feel dead and it feels like a lot of work, well, that's an indication that it's not really your path. So that was a big big part of it. But it was an evolution, actually, because, you know, I always thought of success as being freedom, where you could just do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted to do it. And that the path to that was by making money, because money was what afforded you the opportunity to to have that freedom. And so I worked really hard. And I was a pick yourself up by the bootstraps person. And um, one day, you know, after investing in over 300 properties and being the number one salesperson who broke all the company records, and then I was speaking and coaching and traveling, I think in my height, I gave 120 speeches in one year. It was busy. And then one day I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed for months. And it turns out I had a serious case of adrenal fatigue. And the long and short of it is it turns out that it was a gift because it helped me to recognize and look at, really examine what does it mean to be successful. And what I have found is that business and life is so much easier than we make it and that the model that we've been taught is only one way and it's really not the best way you know, this work hard, grit through it, you know, we're rewarded for our suffering and the bigger mess we make to success, you know, the more worthy we are of that achievement and on and on. And that's what led me from really focusing on being a business coach that helps people make more money to one that says, you know, if you don't have all three, if you're not having fun doing it, and you're not succeeding with ease, if you're having to drive yourself into the ground, then that's not really success. <laughs> so let's look at this adrenal fatigue thing for a minute, because I think a lot of people, you had an extreme case, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs get themselves into some sort of issue with that. I talk to people all the time uh, who tell me that they're exhausted. So I'm, I make my living as a speaker. I mean, that's all I do is I get on planes and I travel to corporations who are having team meetings or associations who are having annual events. And I love it. I actually have all those things lined up. I have no problem. But I have a lot of friends who they hate TSA. They speak like I do and they'll speak 50 <laughs> or 100 times a year. But you you ask them, what would you do if you had unlimited money? And a lot of them are like, oh, I'd speak for a couple local companies, but you know, I wouldn't do this. And it's like, well, then why are you doing it? They're exhausted. I mean, I talk to them and they're exhausted. They're burned out. They're, they're fighting with their spouse. They, they, they're having all this, this, this problem. And I think that to some level, whether it's adrenal fatigue or some other thing, I think their bodies start to rebel if they're not totally in line with the go, go, go. And even if you're not traveling, if you're just, if you're just working 16 hours a day in an office or whatever it is, 
I think it's common for people to have some sort of probably more mild than you did, but a reaction like that physically. So tell me a little bit more about that experience and what you learned going through whatever treatment you went through or counseling and doctor's appointments. Let's talk a little bit about that burnout. Well, it's a great question. And so there's a lot to it. So part of it is the actual physiology of it, figuring out, it took me a while even just to figure out what it was. And a lot of that kit didn't come through all the millions of doctors visits and different specialists. It came from actually researching on the internet um, and, and discovering it. But uh, through, there was a lot of dietary changes, a lot, but here, I would say this is the biggest thing. It's not really what we do, because obviously you're energized, you're traveling around, you're speaking and doing that. Other people would exhaust them. It really has to do with, you know, are you an inner world person or an outer world person? And what happens is, is that we grow up in a society and in industries that are teaching us to that success comes from working hard and and it teaches us the narratives of what is successful. Like, you know, it might be, well, who has the top sales or the biggest sales volume or who's on the ink, you know, whatever list. And um, none of this really has to do with how much fun we're having and how much success or even how much money we're making. Like in the real estate industry, they reward people who have the most transactions or the highest sales volume, where I know people who are in those positions who don't have two nickels to rub together because, you know, they're not paying attention to their profitability. And yet the outside world says that success. So I think a lot of it comes down to uh, as entrepreneurs, as salespeople, just as human beings is to shift to an inner, uh, inner focus of control, meaning like inner listening to the inner voice, listening to your inner guide, listening to what it is that you're here to do and what you really enjoy. And instead of what other people deem as success, and that's a big shift for a lot of people, especially if you have a lifetime of being indoctrinated and brainwashed as to, you know, what is success and what isn't. Or if you're in an industry that touts, you know, the top, whatever their awards are, without paying attention. Like, for example, I think it's misguided for a lot of the things that we reward. Like, why top transactions or top sales volume, you know, without even looking at profitability. I, I even take it a step further. I'd say the people who should be awarded the most should be the people who are the most profitable and the happiest <laughs> or the most profitable and the healthiest or the most profitable with their marriage still intact or the love of their friends. You know, <laughs> I mean, these are, these are better indicators of success from my vantage point. But how do we measure those from the outside? I mean, I can, I mean, I can, I guess, measure it on the inside, but how, how does the, how does a boss be able to measure that stuff beyond just the sales numbers? Well, I think, you know, it comes from, if everybody's in their right place, like from a corporate standpoint, you know, we talk a lot about having the right people in the right seat in the bus. And, you know, that comes from an inner, a, a, a match, you know, one of my favorite definitions of integrity is, and you can also use it for authenticity, is when who you are on the inside is a match to who you present on the outside. And the bigger the gap, the bigger the pain, the smaller the gap, the smaller the pain, no gap, no pain. And so when we look to things outside of us to determine what is more successful, it, it could come down to like, did you decide to be 
uh, a doctor or a lawyer when you wanted to be a musician or an artist or you know something else. And it also within our the work that we do, doing it in a way that makes sense. Like for example, one speaker might like to sit home and be on podcasts all day and another one might like to go live and be speaking to audiences. So I think it's a matter of tapping into what it is that speaks to you, like following, following your bliss. And when you do that, when you speak to your, uh, your interests and your talents and get the, your work aligned with that, that's when things really can take off for you. But let me say this about measurement is that we live in a culture that focuses so much on competition and competition can be very good and very healthy and raise the playing field on a lot of things. But the first step before we start competing is making sure that we're competing based on who we want to be or what we what we desire to do or playing to our our strengths but being competitive can be a very externally focused thing like for example the focus when we compete is always on how are we doing in relationship to another person as if if we're doing better than they are they are based on the numbers we measure then we're a success but that person could be miserable that person could be in bed with adrenal fatigue, right? That person could be on their, you know, 12th divorce or something. So it doesn't, it's not the only measure of success. And in fact, I would say that a lot of competition by focusing on the winning, having the highest numbers, it separates us from who we really are. We get away from that. So we're always measuring how we're doing in relationship to something outside of us. Whereas someone who comes from an internal locus of control is really somebody who's paying it is, is a creator. So I say stop competing, start creating, and a creator focuses not on the winning of things, but on the wanting of things. And when we shift from winning to wanting, then we're, we're, we're matching up our inherent, why we're here, purposeful desires with our work. And that is what makes it so much more enjoyable. And when it's enjoyable, it's a lot easier and more business flows to us because so, we're a match. So, but here's my problem with that. I know that there's some people listening to you, Roberta, going, oh, she's so right. In La La Fantasyland with fairy dust blown up my butt. <laughs> but, you know, I know a lot of people who are miserable in the jobs they do, but what they would love to do doesn't support the lifestyle that they really want. How does somebody find that happy medium? I mean, it's it's one thing to say, I'm not aligned, I'm in the wrong seat in the bus. But, you know, I have a friend who is a real estate agent. He's one of the most, you know, successful real estate agents around. And he'd rather be out there working, doing what I do. He'd rather be a professional speaker. But in order to do it, he'd have to give 100% of his time to make his income that way. And he can go out and do some speeches and he can speak, you know, he can get paid even. But if he really well, wanted to make true? it- is what true? Is it true that he'd have to give 100% of his time? So I think to build a, to, to do it as a full-time job, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will tell you that in order to make multiple six figures a year, if you're not famous, it's hard to do unless you're doing it. I tried to do it part-time for six or seven years. And as soon as I went full-time, I started working that earnings up to a thing. And people are always talking to me about, well, you know, you should have a course or you should have this or you should have that. I go, great. When do I give up getting the speeches because it takes me 40 hours a week as a full-time job, you know, to run my business. 
I, I don't, you know, have that. So, so my question is, like, for what he would love to do is to make that transition. And I think you can transition, but, you know, he gets too caught up in making money. And so he stays in the job that he has. And then year after year, he's like, oh, I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. How does somebody do it if there's not a financial pathway for the short term to gap their career to, to doing what they want to live? Well, it's a great question. So the first thing I would say is to recognize that our beliefs are our guides. And if we believe something's not possible, well, the body follows the mind. So if I say what's not possible, then I'm not going to take the action to do it. And so you have to really examine when we make statements, we make them as if they're true, but they really reveal what our beliefs are. So there are a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things, making a lot of money in unexpected ways because they did this. So let's back up for a minute. In life, where, you know, everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we speak is all rooted in one of two places. It's either rooted in the truth or it's rooted in fear. And the reason why most people, most entrepreneurs, most professionals don't accomplish what they want is because they root their decisions in fear rather in than in what they want. So for example, this person who's a real estate agent but really would love to speak is not if they're if he's not taking action to become a speaker or a podcaster or doing what you're doing, then he's not going to achieve that. One of my favorite sayings that I've come up with recently is our attention is our currency. And what that means is, is that wherever we spend our attention will determine what we get. But most people put their attention on what's missing or what they fear. Perfect example is the real estate agent you just mentioned. If he's focused on the fear of, well, I won't make it or I can't make money, or if he listens to the belief, which isn't true, it's just a belief that I have to go full time to make money, like right now, then he's not going to act. And that's why he keeps going, doing what he really doesn't want to be doing. So, but a lot of people do have that fear of the money. And, you know, how do they get over that mindset to be able to, you know, either transition or, or walk away from their doing, from what they're doing? Because they have ex-wives and they have, you know, uh, alimony and child support and two mortgages. You know, how does somebody actually get past the mindset of thinking, I have to do this to cover that? Well, the first thing is that you do have to start with the, the mindset because the body follows the mind. And what if, if you have an accumulation of all the things you mentioned, which sounds like a lot of baggage, that's generally the indication of somebody that's been making fear-based decisions, right? And those things are accumulating. But the way out of it is not the way that got you in it. Who was it who said, you know, I think it was Einstein who said the, the mindset that got you to where you are is not the mindset that's going to get you out of where you are. So it's really about back to this attention. So where are you shifting your attention? Is it on the unwanted and the overwhelm of what faces you? And hey, it's understandable. That's a lot of baggage. That's a lot of fear. It's, it's perfectly valid to have fear. The only thing is, if you want your life to change, if you want to live the life that you feel called to, you have to stop making your decisions in the voice and based on what's missing or hard or scarce and shifting it to what is desired and then trusting in that. So what advice do you have for somebody who's got to change their mindset? That's hard. 
Well, is it hard? Or is that your belief that it's hard? I don't know. I'm, the, people, the people who are listening, I, you know, I, I think are thinking, well, yeah, it's, it's hard. I have the belief that I believe. How, how do I change it? Yeah. So it's a perfect example is that you have to be really become aware. Become aware of the things that are coming out of your mouth. Become aware of the things, the things that you focus on. So if I focus on the hardness of things, then I'm shut down. I don't feel good. I feel kind of sick and afraid. But if I say, well, if I could do this, if I could make this transition, how would I? And that's what I would begin with. Begin by noticing your thoughts and begin making uh, powerful questions, asking yourself powerful questions. If it were possible, how would I do it? And then you open the door. You open the door to possibility and all kinds of things come to you. But when we're in fear mode, we literally are pinching ourselves off. We're, we're closing the gates on things having access to us because we're so afraid. Whereas when we open up to a state of trust, trusting in the truth, I must have this desire. I'm a human being. I'm here. I have certain talents. I have gifts. I have things I'm good at. I have things that I feel drawn to. I feel have things that when I don't even have energy, I'm, I, they light me up and I want to do those things. So if I could make a living incorporating these, how would I do it? And the answers will come. But we've got to stop you know, beating ourselves with one hand with a club and then the other side you know, whining about a desire that we have that's unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Got to put those clubs down and start moving toward it. So, so, Roberta, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work that I would never do, at least not well, uh, so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Roberta Ross. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, yeah, if you want (laughs) to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this program. So, Roberta, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? Um, I think the coolest thing, well, this shift to making more money, experiencing more joy and succeeding with ease is like the coolest thing because what I haven't shared is that my shift has not only impacted my approach to my business and everything that I do, but it has had a ripple effect to the people around me and my coaching clients and all the people, the agents and entrepreneurs that I work with, it's been so cool to see them transform when they do the things I was just talking about. They really start letting go of those limiting beliefs, really trusting in their own truth, trusting in their ability to move forward and, um, and, and to enjoy what they're doing. It's, uh, it's been so rewarding to see how joyful other people are. They're making more money than they ever have before, but they feel like they're in the zone. And I think that's what we're all here to do. We're all here to be happy. We're here to enjoy. We're not here, you know, the path to joy and happiness is not misery. 
And if anybody listening feels they're miserable, the first thing I would just say is just trust in, that it can be better. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that says, the people who say it can't be done need to get out of the way of the people who are doing it. And everyone has an inherent nature, inherent desire. And if you just keep moving toward that, you will move along that path. You know, small steps taken in the right direction. I'll give you a, a perfect example. So can I, oh, I can, I can segue to the Appalachian Trail. Oh, do that. There's not too many people I talk to that really want to hike the Appalachian Trail. So no, because it is, it is six <laughs> months of your life hiking about 20 miles a day, but whatever. <laughs> well, I hiked half the trail. I hiked a thousand miles. I had finished my master's degree and uh, le- just learned about the trail a year before. Anyway, long story short, I hiked from Springer Mountain, uh, Georgia, to Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. This was in the summer of 92. I thought, well, before I have to be responsible and, you know, take a job somewhere, this is my chance. And so, but leading up to that, I had, for for the past year prior, I was talking about the trail. I was studying the trail. The internet wasn't around yet, so I was you know, buying all these books and learning about it. And I just thought, oh, I just want to do this so much. None of my friends wanted to do it. They all were like, you know, where do you plug your blow dryer in (laughs) kind of things? You know, they just weren't into it. Yeah, The lack of showers seems to be the thing that gets some people. Yeah, Yeah, that can be a limiting factor for some people. But so I talked about it so much. And then the fear, the limiting beliefs came in. And I started thinking, what am I thinking? How am I going to do this? I don't even own a backpack. You know, I didn't have hiking boots. I always loved jogging on the trails, but I had never gone backpacking in my life. And a friend of mine said, are you kidding? You must, you must, you've been talking about it. You must. And it just clicked into, oh yes, this is my passion. I have been talking about this. This does energize me. This does excite me. And I went and I took my credit card and I just bought all the equipment and started hiking. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, they have no desire for something like that. And it's not about, is that the thing for anybody else to do? But I mean, I've faced all kinds of obstacles and uh, bad weather and injury and all this kind of stuff. But because I was so passionate about it, it didn't matter and it didn't feel like work. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about business and life on the Appalachian Trail. There's just a lot of life mottos that 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 guide me from the first time I even heard about it uh, all the way till today. And one of the things I say is that when we make our decisions based on what we want instead of what we fear, it's only the beginning. Because when I made that decision to do that, I had one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But what we don't realize is that when we shift the trajectory of where we're going toward the truth, that benefit keeps growing. You know, there's so much opportunity that lies on the other side of those choices. It's not just that initial decision or mini decision based on where you are, but everything that lies on the other side. So two weeks into the trip, I met my husband, which was completely unexpected. <laughs> um, but he's and, been my and, husband, and, and my best friend. It didn't know, bother you that friend. he hadn't he hadn't showered in a month. Well, you know, it's a great test of a relationship. You know, if you haven't showered in 10 days and you still are inseparable and want to be together, it's a really good sign. <laughs> 
Well, so my my uh, Appalachian Trail trip, if you want to hear how it came about, you can go to uh, TomSinger.com slash TEDx, and below my TEDx talk is my daughter's TEDx talk. And when my daughter was 15 last year, uh, she had the opportunity to speak at a TEDx youth program, and uh, she did a speech called Go Your Own Way, and in it, my daughter Kate talks about her theory of think, talk, do, which is think about things, check them out, explore them, talk about them, see what other people think, get some feedback, make sure you feel comfortable with it, and then just do it. And one of the things, her lifelong goal for several years has been to hike the Appalachian Trail. And as she says in her TED Talk, if you watch it, it's funny, she goes, my parents have tried to, and she makes air quotes, counsel me about the problems (laughs) of a young woman hiking the Appalachian Trail alone. And she says, but I'll be 22 or 23 years old when I do it, so they can't tell me what to do. And and throughout the course of the last couple of years, she and I have talked about it, and I have decided that I will go with her. Uh, part of that came about as a way to keep my you know future 22-year-old daughter from hiking it alone. The second thing is just the experience of what it would bring uh, for myself. So uh, we're in the process of she's got to finish college first. So we're in the – she's still in high school. So we've got to get through uh, that little hurdle. Uh, although she's a straight-A student, she'll breeze through – uh, high school and college without any problems, I think. But uh, then she and I are going to undertake uh, the entire thing. She is a thru-hiker enthusiast uh, and believes that uh, that's the only way to do it. So that's the, what we're going to do. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, you know, it's not too young. She's not too young to take many trips. Well, I, when I was doing. hiking, I was in Virginia and I met a family of uh, four Two daughters, husband and wife, were hiking along. The youngest girl was six years old. God love in her back In her backpack, was the only thing was a teddy bear. It was the most adorable thing. She carried this teddy bear in her backpack the whole way. It was cute. <laughs> so, Roberta, I ask everyone who comes on the show, who is it that you admire? Who's an entrepreneur out there where you think, hey, he or she, they're doing cool stuff? Oh, really interesting question. So, one thing that I learned uh, when we... You know, I wasn't thinking about a person as much as I was a model, Um, but I have a lot of people that I admire the way they do certain things. Um, (laughs) That's a good question. You know, I find that I, uh, I, I don't like to call people out because everybody has their journey. Like you can admire the way someone does something and then they become known for something else. And then you're associated with, you know, appreciating them for, you know, something else. Um, I think that this is the, the, the type of entrepreneur that I really appreciate is somebody who listens to their own calling and is focused on um, creating and, and raising the bar in everything that they do to create the most exceptional versions of themselves and their product and service that they're service oriented and that they're rewarded for that. So, you know, a lot of us grew up around, oh, well, you know, I I was the first female member of a organization called Young Entrepreneurs Organization, which now is called EO. But I remember being in a forum of entrepreneurs and the whole focus was about, you know, it was all about making money. And they said that if your business isn't making a lot of money, that's the whole reason why you're in business. And that was the mentality of the time, you know, and I think that that did a lot of people a real disservice because they were focusing simply on it being some kind of cash flow generator. And I find that people who really focus on just creating something to make money, that it is um, a lot of times it doesn't work out. You know, they're trying to hit home runs rather than 
get centered on, you know, what their purpose is in being here and then finding ways to make that profitable. So I really appreciate entrepreneurs who come from the heart and who are also use their heads. I mean, obviously you're given both and they're both important, but um, definitely people who are lined up, not trying, you know, we, we grew up, people would say, oh, well, this is business and that's personal as if to say that those things are separate. And I believe that we are whole people and that when we find ourselves or anybody else saying that this is business and that's personal, a lot of times what that's code for is that what I'm doing is in personal conflict or is uh, under questionable integrity. So <laughs> sounds like, sounds really, like our politicians on both sides of the aisle. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> so the last, that's a perfect segue into the final question I ask everybody, and that is, what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I think we have to do more than make money. I think as entrepreneurs, we're given a gift that we can make an impact. So what do you do? Well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people say, you know, they start charities or they volunteer at different organizations. I find that it doesn't even have to be that complicated. I think that when we get centered on who we are, we feel really good and we know the truth about us. And that is that we are enough, that we don't have to prove our worth, that we don't have to have validation from other people for that to be true. And then have that energy of that kind of confidence uh, come, we bring that kind of energy to everybody we meet. So I think some of the most heroic things are to always shifting to being an appreciator of everybody that's in front of you, whether it's a clerk somewhere, uh, all the way up to anybody that you meet in a high level position, everybody that you come across, the people who you're sharing the road with, that if you want to make the world a better place, think about the energy you bring to everybody that you're doing and moving away from judgment and into curiosity. And it leads to so many beautiful things. So am I charitable? Yes. Do I volunteer time and energy and help to people? Yes. But I think that the real heroism is in the day to day, having the courage to say, I am valuable. I am worthy. I'm here to be who I am, who I am is perfect. And everybody that I meet is my brother. And when I see my brother as myself, everything unfolds beautifully. Mm, that's awesome. That is awesome. So Roberta, if somebody's listening to this and they go, we have to know more about her. How do we find Roberta Ross? Where do they go? Well, they can go to uh, robertaross.com or six figure realestatecoach.com. If you're in the real estate industry, that would be a good place to go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest here and sharing your wisdom with everyone on the Cool Kids Entrepreneurs Do family. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been fun. And as I say, every show, if it wasn't for the audience, why would we even do this? We wouldn't have a show. <laughs> That's so, right. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If this was the first show you've listened to, go back to the archives, listen to a few more. Certainly tune in every Tuesday and Thursday and see who else we bring because we're always going to have an interview with somebody just as cool as Roberta. I know you're thinking, what? How will you ever match that? But, but we tend to do it every <laughs> single time. So, so check you can back try. In. That's right. If you want, <laughs> and if you want to find out more information about me, you can find everything you'd ever want at TomSinger.com. That's T-H-O-M-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Uh, and uh, I'm going to challenge you now before the next episode. Go try something new. Because when we try new things, we open up an entire universe. If we keep doing the same thing over and over again, we can't expect new results. And while you're doing it, go out there and have a great day.
day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.